This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, men. Whenever you guys are about to go to a nice event, do you know where you're going to go to pick out your suit and get fitted? Uh, Make sure you know you're at the top of your game. Well, I do, and that's Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. For $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more, that's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. And that message was brought to you by Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. What's going on, Raider Nation? Coming to you now after back-to-back ugly losses. This one coming against the Kansas City Chiefs, and honestly, I couldn't even tell you guys the final score of this game. I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. I didn't even finish the third quarter, I think. And this time, unlike last week, I told you guys I'm the guy that can't turn the television off. Well, this week, our entire household was sick. Uh, We came down with like a stomach flu on Saturday night. Uh, I was throwing up all Saturday night, throwing up Sunday morning. I was taking naps. Actually, I napped into the Raider game. I missed kickoff, and that's probably the first time I've ever missed Raiders kickoff in who knows how long. Uh, so I missed the kickoff. I missed the first interception. Woke up, I think it was like nine or ten minutes left in the first, just in time to see that first Chiefs touchdown, of course. Uh, just my luck. Uh, but then whenever I got towards the end of the game, of course, my kids are all sick. They're not feeling good. And my daughter, she's one. She just wants to watch a little Tangled. She wants she wants to see her Rapunzel on the television. So I finally said, you know what, honey? You know what, guys? We're just going to go ahead and we're going to put on some kid shows. Because uh, I'm tired of watching this uh, Kansas City and uh, Raiders game here. So, yeah, it was, it was one of those Sundays for me. It was rough. And last night, I'm sorry, I'm coming to you a day later than normal. Uh, Kenny King was traveling home. I was having some slight technical difficulties. Um, I was still going to try and pump it out last night. Uh, but, yeah, for some reason, my charger is not keeping up with my laptop. I'm not really sure what the case is there. For whatever reason, uh, my, my laptop 
seems to be dying faster than it's charging so things drain a little bit quicker my my laptop started off at 20 percent and it was dropped down to like six percent like five minutes into recording so it wasn't working that well for me so yeah we're back about a day late but it's okay it was actually kind of good for me got a little bit of a refresh i was able to kind of take a night to i don't know kind of reset my emotions not come on here and be frustrated because don't get me wrong I'm pretty optimistic, I'm pretty positive, but I do get very frustrated and I try not to air out all of my frustrations on this microphone. Uh, So it was good to get, you know, a good night's rest, wake up, reevaluate everything, and talk about it. So, Raider Nation, let's quit messing around and let's, uh, let's talk about this game a little bit. First off, that first interception... Uh, I went back and watched it because I slept through it, of course. But going back and watching that first interception was obviously a, a concept that we've done multiple times. And it's also something that's been a lot more successful than this last time. Uh, Something you see like a deep crossing route going down the sideline, somewhere around that edge, and uh, you're able to get a wide open. In this case, it would have been uh, Darren Waller. But Tyron Matthew decided that he already knew exactly what was going to happen here. He thought he was going to be chasing a wide receiver to the inside of the field um, while someone was going to be crossing the other side open. And of course, Darren Waller was coming open to the sideline. Tyron Matthew pulled off his guy and made a great play. That was a great interception um of course you know for them on our end there's never a good interception so chalk that one up that was a bad start for our offense that was a bad start for Derek Carr who you know came into this game with some proving to do obviously there was a narrative that was being pushed at the beginning of this this game uh during this week that he can't play in cold weather now when you go back and you look at plays like this everybody's gonna say well there it is he can't play in cold weather and I'm gonna say he didn't throw that interception because it was less than 40 degrees outside. He didn't do that because it was cold. That wasn't the case. I mean, he had the guy. He thought he had the guy open on the sideline. And more times than not, or every time we ran this play or ran that concept, the guy comes open. But in this case, Tyron Matthew was prepared. Obviously, this is something that was very familiar to him, watching film on the Raiders. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it worked. But while we're talking about interceptions, let's, I mean, let's go ahead and we'll talk about a second interception now. Something that we just saw a week ago, right? I mean, and we've ran this multiple times. Uh, the same thing. Uh, we have this bunch formation on the side. We run a quick slant to the inside. And most of the time, that wide receiver's open. But if you go back and you watch the pre-snap, you can see the defense. You can see the outside corner. You can see the safety sitting over the top. And they communicate with each other. And they let him know, look, you're going to come down. He, he pointed to him. Basically, you're going to come down on this. Seen a bunch formation. The corner kind of went out wide like he was going to sell it. He was going to he was going to let that corner come open or he was going to let that wide receiver come open on that play. Basically, I mean, he wasn't even going to try and attack it so that whenever you look at it through Derek Carr's eyes, it looks like that wide receiver is going to be open. But little did he know, he already communicated to the safety that you're going to come down and you're going to jump this ball. Um so that was a second time in a row. Now, this is kind of where I get frustrated because it's like yeah, it's frustrating seeing Derek Carr throwing that pass. Yes. I do not want him to throw that ball, but at the same time, where do you decide John Gruden or whoever's involved with this offensive play calling? How many times are we going to run that same play like that, right? We're going to run this over and over and over again until we keep getting picked off. Is that the case? Yeah, it's a great play. Yeah, it's great you know, that we have something that works for us. But how hard is it to realize that teams are going to prepare against stuff that worked for us? They're going to prepare against it and they're going to expect these things. So whenever they see that formation, they're going to expect that to happen. Why can't we run a double move? Why can't you create a double move off that play? Let's 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 fake a slant and let's break out. Let's do something like that. Let's 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 change direction 
make them think twice. Don't run the same exact cloned play again. That's what's getting me frustrated here. And you know what? I get it. Um, There's a lot of frustrations on number four yesterday. Yes, I was even mad at Derek yesterday because I wanted him to go out there and prove everybody wrong. We all did. And I think that's the majority of Raider Nation right now. That's why they're frustrated because we thought we were going to be finally in a position to go out there and beat Kansas City. And I mean, even though this wasn't going to be a win now season, even though this we're at a point, you got to remember, we're at a point where nobody thought we were going to be anyways. So we thought we were going to be able to get out there and beat Kansas City and flip the script. And with all the heat that Derek was taking, with all the heat that our team's been taking, that's what I wanted us to do was go out there and just prove him wrong. That's it. Just go out there and prove him wrong. And we didn't. And obviously now you got to start asking yourself, what is going wrong with this offense? All of a sudden, you know, just a few weeks ago, we were looking at this offense and we thought it was going to be stellar, right? Of course, like I said, I mean, these same successful plays being ran over and over and over again aren't going to help. When you have, you know, a dozen or two plays that are going to work or that have worked in the past, you can't expect to run the same thing over and over again and expect it to keep working without the defense being prepared to pick it off. But also now you got to look at, let's go back and, and think, like, where did this all start? Tyrell Williams getting injured, right? Uh, that plantar fasciitis. And that was an injury now that I don't think has gone away. And that's something that, you know, I'd even talked about a long time ago that he's not just going to heal up and start playing football again. He's going to have to just tolerate whatever pain he possibly can and get out there on the field and keep playing. And I think that's what he's dealing with right now because although, I mean, really, he hasn't played that great the last couple weeks and that plantar fasciitis didn't, you know, cause him to drop that ball last week. But at the same breath, this is definitely not close to anything from number 16 that we've seen in the past. We, he's there's definitely more in the tank than what he's showing us now so this injury i think is still lingering and it's still affecting him right now and speaking of injuries to the wide receiver core that just goes to show you how important hunter renfro was to this offense he was the most reliable wide receiver on this offense and coming right now into kansas city it really hurt us it really hurt us we didn't call him third and renfro for nothing he was the only wide receiver out there that was that reliable on third down and was probably the only wide receiver that was out there getting legitimate separation on one-on-one situations. When he was lined up man-to-man, he was probably the only wide receiver crafty enough and creative enough to go out there and create separation. Man-to-man, zone, whatever the calling was. I mean, he could line up one-on-one. He could break away from his guy. He, he can make the double moves. He could run the routes. He could find that soft spot in the zone. He can catch it. Hunter Renfro was a big part of this offense, and losing him hurt big time, and it's so easy to forget that. And at this point now, it's just getting to the point to where these last two weeks, no offense, I mean, those defensive coordinators just had our number, 100%. And for whatever reason, whenever we found our groove against the Chicago Bears, right, we found our groove against Chicago in London, and it just seems like we've stuck with it. We've been the same freaking offense this whole time. And I mean, we can talk about uh, what Derek Carr's doing, what this wide receiver group's doing. What John Gruden's doing with this whole scheme? What what's going on here? Why aren't we game planning right? But now it even comes down to another. Um, blah, getting all tongue tied here. That even comes down to another thing here, and that's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is a great running back, and he's played great for us. I have no complaints. The dude's been phenomenal. He's he's pretty much been the heartbeat of this offense, and he's running great in a bad offense. He's running great. And what's even more frustrating is I feel like there's still untapped potential i feel like we could still do more not necessarily with him because he's doing everything that he can but we can do more based off what he is doing 
How are we not creating more opportunities in play action situations? Why is it that every time we run the ball, we, have, we pick up a big gain. We pick up an 8-yard gain, 10-yard gain. Then we'll run the ball again. We'll pick up a 5-yard, 6-yard gain, right? Then we go to run the third play in a row, and we're like, yeah. Even though the defense knows, they absolutely know. I know. I'm sitting on my couch, and I know we're going to run this ball a third time. We're just going to run it anyways. Why can't we take that third play in a row after we've ran the ball great twice? Why can't we play action something? Why can't we create something for the pass game off of that? What's the point of having a good rushing attack? What is the point of having Josh Jacobs out there tearing up the defense if we can't use it to complement the offense? Yeah, I get it. A good rushing game complements a passing game, right? That's what everyone thinks. Not if you don't use it right, though. And we're not using it right. Whatever's going on there, we are too freaking predictable. That's what it's coming down to. And those comments after the game by Tyron Matthew saying that Derek Carr is too predictable, that wasn't necessarily saying that it was Derek Carr that they expected what to do, his tendencies. He wasn't saying that. He was saying that they knew as an offense, because, you know, we've heard this multiple times, even from like Olsen, we've heard it from uh, Derek Carr himself. He's learning when John Gruden wants him to take shots down the field. This is a tandem duo here. This is Derek Carr on the field operating as John Gruden wants him to. Yeah, he's made some mistakes. Yeah, these last two games, he hasn't played very well. Derek Carr has frustrated me at times throughout these last couple of games. But you got to remember, this is not all on him. It is so easy, guys. Listen, it is so easy to look at this as a whole. And look at this entire offense. Okay, maybe, you know, you can subtract Josh Jacobs, whatever. Look at this entire offense as a whole and start saying, like, look, why can't we put equal blame on everybody involved with the play calling and execution of this offense. Darren Waller's done a dang good job. Josh Jacobs has done a dang good job. Tyrell Williams has played great whenever he could. I mean, he's really disappeared for the most part. Um, gosh, Hunter Renfro's been everything that we expected. Foster Moreau gets in there and he makes plays when his name's called, but how come his name hasn't been called that much? What's he getting, like one catch a week now? I mean, he made some big catches for us. He, I mean, he was big part. he was a big part of these couple game-winning drives that we've had this year. Um, so it's one of those things that it's like, guys, Looking at Derek Carr's struggles, you cannot look at Derek Carr's struggles without looking at John Gruden at the same time. They, they go hand in hand in this situation. John Gruden, this whole offensive scheme right now, just at some point either needs to get trashed or we need to find a way to be unique. Be creative. Don't get cute. Don't, don't fourth and one. Don't get cute and take out Josh Jacobs and give a little sweep to a, a wide receiver that on a kick return, just, you know, a few minutes before that, on a kick return, ran into his own blocker and fumbled the ball. Now, let's hand it off to him, right? Let's hand it off to him and let him miss that gap. He could have cut that ball back up field. I mean, he had a wide open, he had a five-yard hole that he could have cut back up field and got that first down. But instead, instead, he came around and got tackled. And the thing is, it's not even that he tried to bounce it back outside. It was the thing that he ran into his own blocker again. Ran into his own frickin' blocker again. Ugh. So that's how I'm going to close out this offensive discussion. Obviously, the rest of the week we're all going to be arguing about is Derek Carr the guy or not the guy. And I'm going to just sit here and tell you, look, if you're going to sit here and evaluate these last two games and that's how you're going to make your decision on if Derek Carr is the guy for this Oakland Raiders team, then I'm going to tell you right now that you're going to keep telling yourself that he's not the guy for this Oakland Raiders team because he did not play well these last two games. And neither did the rest of our offense for the most part. I mean, really, our defense showed up one of the two games. 
But at the same time, I mean, really, Kansas City didn't really have to do much after this after halftime. I don't see how, I mean, really, I mean, they put up like, what, like 40 points on Like I said, I don't know the score, but they put up like 40 points on us, but they really didn't have to do much in the second half. Our defense did play pretty good, though. I'm not going to take anything away from them. This last game against Kansas City, they played great. They made some big stops for us. Um, I mean, they caused some chaos. We had what should have been two interceptions. One was dropped. One was uh, uh, whatever you, I don't even want to say like reversed because, I don't know, that was a great play by Trayvon Mullen. Ah. Of course, it's Kansas City that gets penalties on there. And that's what I don't get, man. I mean, we had 12 freaking penalties against the Raiders. 12. Kansas City had zero. You're going to tell me that Kansas City didn't commit a penalty the entire game? Give me a freaking break. Give me a freaking break. Two weeks in a row now, nothing has gone our way. Nothing has gone our way. The only thing I can say now this last week against Kansas City, we generated some pass rush. The Kansas City offensive line isn't that great, but we did generate some pass rush, and that was awesome to see. And it's cool to see Trayvon Mullen and Daryl Worley out there locking down some wide receivers, uh, getting out there one-on-one. Everyone's kind of struggling in the soft zone coverage that Paul Gunther still seems to dish out every week in and week out. Uh, I don't really understand what we're doing with it, honestly. But it's good to see Daryl Worley and Trayvon Mullen out there doing work. Um, I'm going to keep preaching this. Daryl Worley, we need a contract extension for Daryl Worley. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again until it gets done. Um, But yeah. Ugh. Frustrating game. Frustrating game. So I'm going to wrap up this piece, uh, this, little, <laughs> this little segment, this little rant. I guess my little breathing room. I'm going to wrap this up and just summarize all this for you guys with we can't come out as the same team that we have week in and week out just because it worked for us before, just because it worked in that, during that three-game win streak. Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals started to pick up on what we were doing too. Obviously, the New York Jets, I mean, we couldn't sell them on nothing. So. It's one of those things, guys, as a team, we need to go out there and we need to have better execution, right? Where have we heard that before? Well, this is where, I mean, I'm going to put a little pressure on. I know everyone wants to put pressure on the quarterback. I get that. It's fine. He hasn't played that great the last two games. You say whatever you want to say. We still have four games left in the season for a full evaluation to happen. And at this point, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, Everybody was all over Derek Carr in this offense. So if you're going to let these last two games get you down, then there's nothing that I can say on here that's going to change your mind about that. But I will say, I'm going to keep putting pressure here on John Gruden. I mean, really. And it doesn't even come down to, I get the defense played a little bit better this week. I understand that. But John Gruden, you're a $100 million coach right now, right? I get it. You know, our quarterback you know, made a lot of money too, whatever. But when you're the highest paid, the highest paid head coach in the league, how come, how come we're getting out coached? How do you get out coached? How does that work, right? And don't get me wrong. I mean, John Gruden, I have full confidence in you. you you've done this once. You've done this before at the beginning of the season. You know, we, we made some changes. We made some adjustments. We went out there and we started winning some football games, but then it just seems like we stuck with it. I'm getting tired of us having this mentality of we're going to, okay, this is how we're going to play football. And, you know, whether it works or not, this is how we're going to play football. That's not how it freaking works. You know, you got to play to your opponent. You got to find their weaknesses. You got to exploit their weaknesses. That's what I want to see more of this week, John. Let's let's get some of these last four games. This is where you throw away your game plan and you start over. So let's let's start with that. Let's start with that. I want to see a fresh start. I want to see something completely different. Paul Gunther, you need to do something over there with your defense. And I think John Gruden needs to start getting more involved with the defense as well. He's a $100 million head coach, not a $100 million offensive coordinator. So. Yeah, this is frustrating. 
all down the board. I want to see Derek play better. I want to see John Gruden coach better. I want to see our wide receivers get separation. Our offensive line actually stepped up this week. Our defense stepped up this week. Josh Jacobs at least came into the game and made some appearances and made some big plays. That was great. Of course, we're missing guys with injuries, and our secondary is actually kind of starting to put some things together. But all in all, I need to see some better performances from everybody. From everybody. We need to get back to what we were doing before, guys. And like I said, I mean, these opinions are all based on these last two games. Just these last two games. If we can get back to what we're doing before, we're in good shape. And as Raiders fans, that's what you got to remember we're evaluating. Right now, I'm evaluating these last two games just as these last two games. Reserve your opinion, you know, at the end of the season, based on this entire season. We have four games left. A lot can change. Trust me. A lot changed in the last nine or ten days. (laughs) Hasn't even been two weeks. And we've gone from uh, being super high on you know this team this offense and john gruden and Derek carr to uh you know want to burn the house down so yeah things uh escalate just as quickly as they drop so raider nation we're going to take this quick break and when we return joining me is going to be my buddy kenny king jr so be right back with the holiday rush here you have to be able to ship orders out quickly efficiently and affordably But how do you keep track of all those orders, decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holidays shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a six day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress free holiday shipping. Visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Looking for a great gift for someone in your life? Are you tired of just buying, you know, the same old usual socks, wallets, and ties? Well, Harry's is a great gift that's both thoughtful and practical. Listeners of the show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets. When you go to harrys.com slash bluewire, plus you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with the option to engrave, five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades, packaged in a handsome holiday gift box, and free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. Kenny King Jr., what is up, dude? What up, dog? Oh, you know, just chilling, hanging out here, trying to recover a little bit. I feel like, dude, why do I get sick so freaking often, man? Well, your kid just started preschool, so that's like, the cardinal rule that when your kid starts preschool, yeah. thou shalt get sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did start it too. I remember when Layla started preschool, she literally brought everything home for 
preschool. And then when she got to kindergarten, she was sick. She had strep like three times last year. I mean, it's just, it's the, like I said, the cardinal rule of being, of being a parent, you know, once your kids start school, thou shalt get sick. Man, I thought it was just because I was missing my, my mama's home cooking, but I guess we'll go with the, we'll go with the kid thing going. Too much yeah, unseasoned food. That's what it was. Too much unseasoned food. <laughs> what, uh, Kitty Keith, man, you had a busy weekend, man. What'd you, what'd you have going on? Yeah. So we, uh, we as a family, we do, uh, Thanksgiving a little unorthodox. We go to Disneyland and, uh, we do Thanksgiving dinner there. Uh, we have annual oh. passes, so it's, you know, the basically free to go to the park. Um, dinner is like 25 bucks. You get a full Thanksgiving spread. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to deal with family that you don't want to talk to and you get to ride rides. So it's a win-win except for the fact that when we went on Thursday, it was pouring rain. I'm not talking like a little bit of rain, a little bit, you know, little drops here, a little there. By the time we got from the tram to the gate, we were all soaked and we were like, you know what? Screw this. Turn around. And we, we went back to the hotel. <laughs> but it was that's cool. actually it that's was, legit though i like that yeah it's cool i mean you know it's it's something to look forward to you know it's never crowded on the actual day of thanksgiving um because thanksgiving is that holiday that everybody celebrates it's not you know a certain yeah. religious holiday it's it's a family holiday and so yeah. uh we decided just to do it as a family and try to get as many people as we can to go with us and if they want to roll then they can roll and if not then you know do your thing but uh that's been our that's been our tradition for a few years now that's legit, man. On uh, on Friday night this weekend, I guess it was after Thanksgiving. We we, we do Thanksgiving weird too. I, well, we go to our in. I go to my in laws on Thursday night, um, and then we usually do our family Thanksgiving with my family on Saturday. Kind of spread things out. Kind of weird, but uh, mm-hmm. Friday night I decided since I had some time, I drove on down to the Valley Championship with our buddy Darren Carr, his team down there, and uh, it was funny, man. I'm sitting on the sideline and I'm just there in a black hoodie, and I got my you know the the classic. John Gruden Oakland Raiders hat that he was wearing all last offseason and a little bit yeah. this offseason. I'm wearing that same hat, right? I'm sitting on the sideline and uh player walks up to me and he's all, Hey, uh, do you coach for the Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh I was like, Yeah, man. Uh John Gruden, nice to meet you. <laughs> you should be like, yeah, I'm Deuce. <laughs> oh, Deuce. <laughs> Deuce Gruden. Do I, do I not look like Deuce right now? Oh yeah. man! Oh yeah, I had the kid rolling. He's all, okay. Yeah, funny. I was, oh man, I just cover him. He's all, oh, that's cool. That's cool. He's all the kids. He's all the the players here were getting nervous. They thought there was a Raider coach on the sideline. I was all, no <laughs> man, do your thing. Go out there and win the freaking football game. Quit worrying about me, man. <laughs> and they won, right? They won. They won. Oh, yeah, they got awesome. uh, I think they're going on for state now. I think they play again this weekend or next two weekends. I don't know what it is. Way Something to go, like Darren. Not bad for a school teacher. Not bad for a little high school coach, huh? Not too yeah. bad. Yeah. Did we spell everything right? I think we spelled it right. He's got about 50 (laughs) men that depend on him, and uh, he did a good job. So, you know, kudos to him. That's awesome. stuff. (laughs) Kenny King, man. Um, We got a lot of phone calls this week, but unfortunately, I hate to do this. Um, And I apologize in advance to our phone callers that wanted to hear their voice on this podcast. But I'm going to skip through them because there were a lot, a lot of venting. And I don't know that anybody wanted to listen to 20-plus minutes of venting, Kenny King. I don't know. But... I will go ahead and I'll give you guys a shout out because um, I know you guys are, you know, emotional. I, I don't blame you at all for leaving the voicemails that you did. Uh, we're frustrated. Uh, this wasn't the result that we wanted in the game. So shout out to Rev Mike. Um, Rev Mike. One comment that Rev Mike made, actually, I really liked. Uh, he mentioned that we have actually three home games left, one being in yep. L.A. <laughs> and then Dustin Matthews called in. Dustin Matthews is a little bummed out, but we're on to the next one. Raider West and Visalia, man. Um 
he talked about you know JJ coming out often, which we learned today now with Josh Jacobs coming out. And I was actually a person that voiced this quite a bit, Kenny. Uh, I was really frustrated with Josh Jacobs coming out so often last week. I feel like mm-hmm. this week, I mean, we did really great, and how we used number twenty-eight obviously he had a killer game. Right. But now we learn that he has a fractured shoulder. That's crazy. Yeah, man. You know, just to to piggyback on that, the the fact that he's been out there doing that with a with a fractured shoulder since the Green Bay game is a testament to the kid's strength, to his desire to win, his desire to play. Um, you know, remember, this is a guy that was averaging about 500 yards a year. Uh, he was a guy that was splitting carries in the Alabama backfield, and yeah. he has gotten close to 300 carries this season with a fractured shoulder, it's and crazy. he's already eclipsed 1,000 yards rushing. I mean, hats off to Jacobs, man. He's respect. He's respect. I, I hit on this a little bit earlier, Kenny, and it's just kind of frustrating because I know how good Josh Jacobs has been playing, and I don't want to say that he has untapped potential, but I just feel like this offensive game plan has more untapped potential, like and how no to doubt. use him in this offense. And I mean, don't get me wrong, he's picking up huge yardage, but there's got to be we got to find ways to be able to complement what he's doing on the ground and using it in the air, don't you think, man? Absolutely. You look at last year what we did with Jalen Richard. And how he was very versatile, more versatile outside of outside of the backfield. He was a great pass catcher. Uh, he was great at getting upfield. He was great at making people miss. And that's what Jacobs can do. Jacobs has tremendous hands. He's got tremendous vision. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can make guys miss. I feel that he is a virtual Swiss Army knife and that he is a very, very versatile player that does have a lot of untapped potential that we aren't honing in on yet. And I don't know if it's that, you know, that Gruden is limiting him because of the injury or because yeah. he's trying to save some for later. Um, but there's so much more that he can do. And, and every week that I see Jacobs out there, it just, it, it's impressive. Yeah. hundred percent. OG Todd Monday called in, man. And uh, he kind of made it clear this, this is a must win against the Tennessee Titans. And yeah. I agree. And Hey, I mean, we're going into this thing, and this is probably the only team I think that Derek Carr really, really owns. He's played them three times, beat them all three times in Tennessee, too. So I think this is yeah. the first time we see he's going to be playing the Titans at home. And, uh, it's, I mean, it looks like, you know, it's kind of things are going in our favor right now in a must-win game to keep our, you know, I, no one wants to probably talk about playoffs right now, but to keep playoff hopes alive, which they are still, you know, they're not dead yet, but in order to keep those playoff hopes alive, we do have to beat the Titans. They're very much so alive. I mean, we're right there in the hunt. We're what, in the seventh seed, and yeah, we have to beat the Titans the to get in the sixth seed. So we're right there. I think that what we, what a lot of fans fail to realize is that, yes, we've had two horrible games. We've had two shows of what our offense isn't normally. But we've also seen a lot from our offense to where it's not the same offense that we've been running. And granted, we've lost – Hunter Renfro and we've lost, you know, we don't have Tyrell Williams at full speed and, you know, they're starting to key in on Darren Waller a little bit more. That's where you look at the end of the game where they started getting Foster Moreau and more involved, Derek Carrier, Keelan Doss. And that's where you need to see some of these guys step up. Who's going to step up? Who's going to make a play and who's going to do something differently? Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to not. He called in. He wanted to know our honest opinion on the offense, which we're kind of slowly giving that to you. So we're going to keep going. Shout out to Not uh, Hardcore Raider. He called in uh, on a topic that we're going to go ahead and we're going to cover this in real talk. But shout out to Hardcore Raider. Make sure you follow his new YouTube channel. 
Yeah. I dropped, I think, what, his first or second podcast, maybe? Um, I checked into it a little bit. Pretty cool to see, like, six different content creators out there. They do, like, a live stream on Saturday afternoon. So if you're around on Saturday at 4 p.m., subscribe to the Hardcore Raider podcast on YouTube. Check them out. Um, and our buddy, San Diego Raider, called in again. Uh, uh, how was the Raiders? You know, I w- thought about playing it if it was better, but unfortunately, San Diego Raider, <laughs> not enough practice in the mirror. Not enough practice in the mirror. We need Raiders. like <laughs> we need to get this guy. We're gonna we're gonna like manufacture like a device that will make <laughs> it sound better. Like he needs like like say it through like a duck call or something. You know what I mean? Like have I don't you know ever what it seen is. Howard Stern's Private Parts the movie? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's a scene where Howard Stern goes and he's working for this new this new radio station. He's bounced around to a bunch of other ones. And he's working for this guy, played by Paul Giamatti. He calls him Pig Vomit because he looks like a pig and he makes him want to vomit. <laughs> Anyways, the name of the station is WNBC. And so instead of saying WNBC, you got to go WNBC. And he <laughs> makes him say it like eight times. And they're going back and forth. No, 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 WNBC, WNBC. And then, they do that back and forth, and that's what I feel like we need to do with San Diego Raiders. Just sit down and just get them on here live teach, and teach them the Raider chant. You got to do it like this, man. Raiders! You got to get like that's one of those I'm in there. About. You know what that's I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. You said from the soul. You know what I'm saying? Just let her go. So that's what I'm talking about. Let's shout out go. to San Diego Raider right there. I know you can't do that right now with a household. I'm out in the garage, so I can get away with stuff like that. Yeah, you can yell. I I, I got to. <laughs> Say earmuffs before I start yelling yeah. stuff. <laughs> WNBC. WNBC. <laughs> uh, and the Raider Jerry called in from Vegas. One, our only Vegas caller, I believe. So anyone tuned in from Vegas, we'd for love now. to get you more involved. Yeah, for now. Things will be growing here soon. And then Danny from Upland called in. Um, and Danny closed this thing out with a very long, depressing rant. And that's okay. That's why, that's why we got the hotline for. And although I didn't play you guys on the podcast, um, I listened to each one of them. And I took him to heart. Um, so I'm going to see if we can carry this emotion over Kenny King. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to talk about, bro. Are you ready to jump into some real talk this week? Bro, I was born ready. Kenny King, real talk. So we lost. We lost. Yeah, we lost twice. We're sitting here. Reaction Monday. Um, you know, first and foremost, there's nothing good to actually. You no, know, I, I take that back. There is some good things to be said about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give the defense some props because yeah, even though we put up, even though we have 40 points put up on us, I mean, look at. Let's look at some of the stat lines. We held Pat Mahomes to 175 yards. Um, you know, Trayvon Mullen had an interception that I'm calling an interception. I don't That's care. an interception, yeah. I'm calling an interception. Mm-hmm. Nevin Lawson almost had one that was for six. Um, you know, you're seeing these guys flying around. They're starting to make some plays. They definitely are starting to look to get back to what they were playing like a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, let's give Waller credit. Waller had a heck of a game. Josh Jacobs had a heck of a game again. 
but man, it was it was rough. It was rough. And, uh, you know, obviously, I know that people want to hear, you know, they want to hear people bash on on certain players and they want to, you know, hear us rag on that. And I, I'm not going to do that. But I will say, look, the past couple of weeks, it wasn't a good showing. And, you know, DC didn't play the way that that he has in the, in the past. And he hasn't played in a way that is going to get us to win games. Now, is this a testament of who he is? Absolutely not. I mean, we've seen Derek come from behind in multiple times. We've seen Derek lead his team to victory. Uh, we've seen this team take the next step. I think what we hit was a bump in the road. We hit a hiccup, and, you know, Gruden and Carr need to address that and, and move forward from it. But if anybody has any thoughts or if anybody has any questions, I'm not moving on from I'm not moving on from my quarterback. I'm still riding with DC. I don't know about you, Cody. No, hundred percent. And I mean, if the, if I'm thinking about moving on from our quarterback, it's not going to be with four games left in the season, being in the hunt for the playoffs. No. Um, so you know, we're going back home. Which you know, what are we five and one at home or something this season right now? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we're rolling pretty hot. We're coming back. We're going to play the Titans. We're going to play the Jaguars. Uh, they're not the best teams, but they're definitely. I mean, kind of a little bit not on a hot streak, but I mean, they play well. And I mean, they're big games for us. So if we can come home and you know we can win one or two of these games and and stay in the hunt and keep this thing rolling, gosh, like we're going to look back on this and be like, man, it's like week three all over again. Week three, everybody was ready to you know dump Derek Carr out the door, right. and it was just one of those things like. You know, whatever happened, John Gruden and this offense, uh, they got things rolling. They got things clicking again. And I don't know. I mean, everybody was starting to eat their words. So it's like, you know, you're going to let two games do this to you. Um, I mean, I get it. I, I understand the reactions because I'm frustrated too. But at the same time, you know, I think the thing that bugs me the most about it is like this the the cold weather talk it got talked about so much. You know, shout out to Jack Del Rio for making that a thing, I guess. Um, but you know, I, I get what they're trying to say. Now he's whatever, 0-5 in these cold weather games, whatever it is. But what what he I mean, what we did on Sunday and you know, some of the mistakes that he might have made and, and some of the miscommun- miscommunications we had and the struggles that we had in this offense wasn't because of the cold weather. I mean, really, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, defenders jumped a couple routes, they made a couple good plays. Um, Derek made a bad read or two. Maybe he missed a guy, whatever. But it wasn't because of the cold weather. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, dump that narrative right out the window because that's not going to happen. He had a he had a bad game. He just had a bad game. It could have been 80 degrees out and it would have been the same game. Um, you know, it's just it wasn't it wasn't their day. It wasn't the offense's day at all. You know, here's the thing with with the National Football League. You have some of these stadiums, Arrowhead, Lambeau, MetLife, CenturyLink. Lincoln Financial Field. These are stadiums that have been designed, Oakland Coliseum, to have a home field advantage. So when yeah. you have that home field advantage and you get that crowd going and you are up, the crowd is up 24 to nothing, it's hard to come back from that. It's hard, it's hard to get back from that. And when you're going into a hostile environment as it is, and then on top of that, you've already got the in the back of your head. Oh, well, Derek can't do this. He can't play in the cold weather. He's 0-5 mm-hmm. at Arrowhead, and he's got this. It's not so much the weather. It's more of a psychological, and it's, you know, I don't think it's so much saying that Derek is has a psychological issue that he can't play it. I think it's more of a matter of just getting past that hump and doing it. Yeah. The second that he does it, the second that we win in Arrowhead, the second that we win in the cold weather, it shuts everything down. I look at a couple of those Kansas City Chiefs games that we played in Oakland, the first one that we won in 2000, what was it? 2014 was in the rain. Yeah. 
when it was pouring, it was cold. Yeah. So yeah. the the cold the cold cold weather. But it wasn't forty degrees. Um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> stats stats are there. Um, it's like Gruden said. You know, you can look at all the stats. You can look at you know all the all the things that that lead up to it. But at the end of the day, it's it's just win, baby. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And you know, I don't know. This whole thing is. I want to jump back a little bit. You know, let's stop this DC talk because whether you guys like it or not, uh, number four is gonna be our quarterback these last yep. four games. And that's where, you know, the true evaluation comes. Um, I have full confidence that this team can flip it around and make some stuff happen and be competitive and in the season in a fun way. I mean, they've given us a lot of memories so far this year. But jumping back to your defense talk, um, you're, you know, you were talking about the, the secondary starting to click. I feel like our pass rush is starting to come on. I feel like Kitty King right now, this defense is just a couple linebackers away from actually oh. being a pretty decent defense. You know, we're going to get Jonathan Abram back. Yes. You know, our, our, our corners for the most part, I don't know exactly what we're going to do. Hopefully, LaMarcus Joyner gets healthy and gets this kind of stuff together. But I'm really happy with a duo of uh, Worley and Mullen. So I'm going to yep. keep preaching. Let's extend Worley. I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over again as he's shutting down guys week after week right now. Um, and I'm, like I said, the pass rush is meshing. Max Crosby's the dude. Um, Farrell seems to be doing his job, whatever it is. I'm not really watching him super close. Uh, Mayola's getting in there. I mean, besides some of the pre-snap mistakes that we're getting on our defense, um, things are starting to click. Things are looking good. We're looking fast. We're looking twitchy. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with what our defense is kind of bringing to us right now. I think we're starting to see some growth. I think we're starting to see some development. We're seeing players step up and do something. Now, speaking of linebacker, we do have a little bit of linebacker help coming this week with Markel Lee coming off the injured reserve yeah. list. So I'm I'm fired up about that because Markel Lee is a big body. He can move. He can actually cover a little bit. That's uh, my so dude. I think that he's going to add another wrinkle to that defense. It's going to allow us to make some changes and make some adjustments. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, he's been a good uh, rundown linebacker. One of those short yardage guys. He gets in there in the oh, yeah. big heavy formation. So I'm happy because you know that's where I think as linebackers we've been struggling. Of course, coverage is one thing. Uh, I don't know. For I mean. For whatever reason, we don't have a linebacker that can cover very well, but we keep putting them in coverage situations. But um, Mark Lee coming in there to, you know, have some run support is really going to help us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I think that there's still a lot of football left. We got four yeah. games left. We've got, you know, some teams that, that are beatable. We've got three home games, realistically. And we've got a game in Denver against, you know, a rookie quarterback who's just now getting started. So, I think that we have the opportunity to control the destiny. I think we have the opportunity to run the table. It's just a matter of how much this team wants it. And knowing knowing the players on this team and, and obviously not knowing a lot of them personally, but the ones that we've spoken to and the people in the organization that we've spoken to, these guys aren't going to lay down. They're not going to just sit there and say, okay, well, it's over. These guys are guys that are going to want to win. And if it's making the playoffs, then it's making the playoffs. If it's finishing nine and seven or eight and eight, then guess what? It's still a win over last year because we finished four and 12 last year. So that's going to wrap up our show this week. Um, obviously not the most exciting show uh, or the most anticipated show coming off two losses like that. But guys, there's four games left in the season. We're further than anybody expected us to get right now. You know, and I don't want to be the guy that keeps playing this pity party. You know, uh, oh, you never thought we'd get this far anyways. But it is true. Uh, we're a young team. We're a developing team. Obviously, we're building for Vegas. This is exactly why we brought Mayock in. That's exactly why we're stockpiling draft picks for the most part. Um, we're hoping for this 2020 Las Vegas Raiders year. Now, anything that they're able to give us right now in Oakland, 
uh, I'll take it. And right now we're still competitive. We're not just sitting off, you know, sandbagging, waiting for Vegas. Uh, we're still trying to win football games, and, you know, we're still in the hunt for the playoffs. So you got to look at things on both sides of the perspective. Of course, I understand we're frustrated. We all got in this conversation of competing for the AFC West. We all got in the conversation of, you know, contending and almost not necessarily being a lock, but hopefully making the playoffs in a wild card spot. And it seemed like a lot of hopes got shut down, uh, not necessarily with our chances, but just because of the outings that this team has put out the last couple of weeks. But it can be flipped just as easily as it was sunk. Uh, so let's see how you know this next these next couple of weeks go. We come back home, we got a chance to make a statement again. So let's go into this thing, Raider Nation. Um, I'll give you this week. I'm not going to try and flip your guys' attitude right now. I know you guys are frustrated and you're sad, you're disappointed, but you know. Just be ready for Sunday against the Tennessee Titans and see if we can flip this thing around. So um, I'm sure I'll talk to you sometime this week, as long as I don't get freaking sick again. So Raider Nation, I'll see you guys later.